0: Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. All right, the second way to get the most out of collaborative work sessions is to give homework. And April loves giving homework. (laughs) This is something you've taught me. So I'm going to let you take this one.
1: I do love homework. Um, And, you know, in the in the setup, Anne talked about the messiness that goes into sessions and, and, you know, how it can feel a little bit chaotic. And we all know that I'm a processor. I love Um, chaotic sessions. So, yeah. And I mean, honestly, I think that this was born out of getting burned too many times in sessions because Yes, you should do all the logistical things that Anne said in the beginning, set objectives, you know, make sure that there's timing around your activities, all of those things. But it's to your benefit to get everybody marching in the same direction prior to the session. You don't have control over what they're doing before they actually get there. And also, while, you know, I'm a processor, so I get tense in the sessions when I'm like, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with this? You know, there are people that aren't good at coming in cold. either on the other side. And so they want to participate and it comes from a good place, but they're just throwing things at the wall that may or may not be relevant and could even end up being a distraction. So what I find or, you know, have always found really once we started instituting homework, it really grounded the conversation and helped it be a lot richer and more productive overall on the other side, because you can manage where you want people to focus Giving their, them homework holds them accountable to participating appropriately in the session. And it also gets everyone thinking about the same things. And so you're starting much more from that place. Now, I will say a watch out is if you are going to assign homework, you need to make sure that you go over the homework and spend a good amount of time with it in the session because the last thing you want to do is have people spend time on something and then it's like, well, wait a minute. We didn't even talk about what that. What was the point of that, right? Mm-hmm. And I also find it's not enough just to say, okay, you did all your thinking on the homework, which is, you know, prepped us for today. So we're ready to jump into the conversation. No, no, then you've just wasted the homework because people don't have a chance to get warmed up or they feel, you know, like, well, what was the point of it? Then I don't see the connections easily, even though you might. What am I supposed to just have blind faith? Right. So, but all of that to say, I just think it's a really good way to leap off the diving board versus dipping your toe in the water and trying to really use the time in sessions wisely. Just a, a caveat to that, too, is it can. Uh, shorten the length of your sessions. If you do the homework, I am not a fan of eight-hour sessions. I think that there is just a point of diminishing returns. So I try to manage against that amount of time wherever possible. I think it's just too much of a departure from everybody's day-to-day and you're asking them to do some heavy thinking and speaking and be vulnerable, like I said before. So homework can be another way to jump in quickly and cut it by a couple of hours, which can also be helpful to the group.
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point about the fact that it helps both sides. So, when you give homework, it helps those who need to process have time to actually do that processing yep. because yep. they're not going to be as actively eager to jump in with their thoughts in the yep. actual session because they're processing. And then a lot of times they feel like they kind of get left behind and they finally have something to say, but that happened like an hour ago, right? Uh huh. But then you also are helping those people who are like more in it, who like to do it more in it, actually have something of value to add because what tends to happen is then it just becomes like everything that they're thinking becomes you know, lays out there by, you know, these people who get very excited, you know, like I did in order to like share what everything that was on our mind. Right. And so it becomes very unfocused. These people can tend to hijack the discussions then and then it's hard to kind of bring it back down. So the processing that can be done beforehand helps everybody get their thoughts in order so you have a much more productive conversation. And I know a lot of people are like, well, I like to have the spontaneity in my, you know, sessions. It's like, well, listen guys, the spontaneity doesn't come from everybody coming in cold. Like you said, April, the spontaneity comes from like somebody bringing in some well thought out ideas and everybody's like, yes, that and like, so the spontaneity comes from everybody building on each other's ideas, not from just having coming cold with ideas, mm-hmm. because you're right. You'll spend the first two hours, three hours, just kind of trying to get people warmed up. And if people had some, Time to think beforehand. You would and, and be able to kind of thought process their way through it. They would come a lot more ready to participate in a much more meaningful way.
1: Absolutely, hundred percent.
0: Great. So now the third way to get the most out of collaborative work sessions is to allow for respectful debate, and this is one of my actual favorites because this is something that tends to get shut down very very quickly because makes people feel kind of like nervous about how to manage this kind of debate. And we still have this perception that when we go into these conversations, everybody needs to be very polite, right? Everybody needs to kind of have some level of decorum. Everybody needs to be like mindful of whatever, like who's the highest ranking person in the room and not to like disagree with that person. So first of all, what I will say is debate is very, very good Because what it does is it reveals the perspectives that individuals have and they're coming from the place of their own POV, which is really, really important. And that's what you want to get out there. That's what the whole point of these sessions are. It's like to get and see the problem you're trying to solve or the objective you're trying to solve from these different lenses. Now, what you need to be careful of is that that it actually does remain respectful. So we're not saying it needs to be screaming matches where people are putting each other like that. That is not productive, okay? So it still needs to be respectful debate, and you need to be careful that you're not allowing certain folks to monopolize the conversation because, as we said, you can have some dynamics, and some people are bringing in baggage to these things, and they want to be heard, and they want to be heard again, and then they want to be heard for a third time, and they want to win the conversation. So in order to manage this and make sure that your debate stays respectful, there's there's several things that you can do in order to kind of get into it when people are starting to get not respectful, right? So what you can do first, use as pe- people are kind of going at each other and it's starting to get very, very uncomfortable for those involved, you can interrupt them and you should interrupt them. Don't let them finish. They will never be done. All right. It'll go on forever. And you say something like, thanks to both of you for bringing valuable perspective. We have captured it. And now we're going to move on. A lot of times it makes sense to even have like a little whiteboard or um, a flip chart that actually has parking lot items and you put that on there. That helps these people not hijack the meeting and it helps you to continue to move on with the agenda. You should call a break. If you feel it's like it's starting to get really tense, call a break. Let everybody go calm down. And then you actually should address it with the people who are having that conversation and they're creating the, the tenseness and the intensity within the session and you need to tell them that they need to bring it down right so if this is discussion that needs to happen offline it can happen offline and you can tell them you appreciate their input but they are distracting and they are um, monopolizing the whole session so those are some ways that you can start kind of bringing the energy back down if you see that the respectful debate is starting to escalate april i know you have other thoughts on this one
1: yeah. I, first, I would just say this is tough, right? Because you want people to be passionate, but it can spiral out of control really quickly. Right. So this is one where if your ears start perking up at all, you need to diffuse <laughs> as quickly as you possibly can. But to the point that Ann made about taking parties away, I think that sidebars can be hugely helpful, especially if you're dealing with issues with the leaders and decision makers in the room. So, you know, another session recently that we had as one of the managers in the room, I noticed that, you know, the lead person was starting to feel frustration with the results that were coming out, right? And so it was one of those situations where it was coming from a place of positivity, Mm -hmm. but... And, I mean, in this group, we didn't have disrespectful debate, really. Like, they Mm -hmm. were very passionate about what they were talking about. But I think that he was feeling the onus to get to a solution in the room, right? And so I think that just by having the conversation of, hey, you can take the pressure off yourself, we're getting what we need from here. It's not left to you and your devices or this session right now to figure it out. Um, But I think that that dialogue on the side allowed this person to relax more back into the process Mm -hmm. and participate more actively. And so I think that that is what you should always be looking to do. And so it's okay to take – nuanced approaches. I love the idea of the parking lot so much because I have gotten myself out of messy situations time and time again just by saying, "It's on the board now." Like, yeah. you don't have to repeat it again. We got it. It's on the parking lot. Remember. Okay, let's move on. Um, but I do think also it's kind of that I addressing the elephant in the room type thing, right? Assess the personalities that you are dealing with. Try to Figure out where you think it's coming from and then go have the conversation in the right tone with them outside of the bigger group so that they, again, it's acknowledged that they're heard. This may not be the place for that. And also, please help us by coming back in and actively participating in the conversations that we need to have now.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And the one you made about. Not having to actually solve for it in the room, mm-hmm. which is a big mistake that people make because mm-hmm. they'll try to reach a resolution, which is almost impossible. We have two very highly passionate people who have very specific points of view, at mm-hmm. least nicely to the next point. I know.
1: Sorry, I preempted a little bit. but Well,
0: that's okay. <laughs> you do a lot. That's all right. I, I do. <laughs> can't help myself. And yeah, so the fourth point of how to get the most out of the collaborative work sessions is to never leave the final
1: decision up to the group. Which is mine. Yes. Which is probably why I was sort of speaking ahead of myself. There you go. But okay, if you hear anything in our conversation today, hear this. The final decisions should not be made by committee. And -hmm. this is a frustration that Ann and I have both experienced and really something that we have no patience for. And there's a lot of reasons for this. One of them I just gave, which is… It's unfair to this large group of people to try to reach resolution, usually about something that's not their day to day job and much bigger than what is happening in however many hours we have together. There's also the fact that when you do these sessions, if you do them right, you want a cross section of different types of folks from the organization. And that typically means that they're not all peers. And what that mean specific to this point is that they may not have decision-making power anywhere in the organization. You've brought them in for fill-in-the-blank reason. You think they're a rising star. You feel like you need to hear from their department. Creative. They're creative. They're good in sessions. They're willing to put their voice out there, but that doesn't make them a decision-maker. And so when we start to see sessions go in the direction of things like power dotting, which Ann and I both Oh, my God. Anytime this this comes up, which means, and and for those of you that aren't familiar, you get, I don't know, usually an odd number, three power dots, and you're supposed to go up and put your power dot on the idea that inspires you the most, that you think is the best solution, or the biggest problem solver, fill in the blank. And this is one of the places that I really see the conversation go to a dangerous place when it comes to outcomes of the session. Right. Because there's no criteria usually with the power dotting of, you know, something we can actually go do, something that the leadership is going to allow us to do, all of those types of things. And and I know, again, I can appreciate it comes from the idea of not killing the energy and not, you know, making people build the building them up just to crash them back down into reality. I know why it's done. But the issue becomes with what happens on the other side of that session and what can realistically be tackled. You really need to have the people that are going to be the decision makers outlined ahead of the session as Mm -hmm. the leader and the manager that allows you to look to them and use them as helpers in the session it also tells the room that the objective today is not to solve it come to consensus come to a final decision but that we are looking for inputs and all of you have been invited today because we want your voices to be heard exactly those types of things but never should you ever use a session to button up put the bow around make the final calls and move forward from there it will ultimately lead to failure. And like I said, it can be a major, major distraction for the teams and the business.
0: And it totally diminishes the whole impact of the of the sessions. like, why Absolutely. are you going to have a session if you're going to let a bunch of people, like you said, who, I mean, to be very forthright, have no basis for making a decision, make a decision. Because what happens, and I'm sorry, I'm a little passionate about this, is that You go through all this effort, you create the session, you create the right momentum, and then people vote for stupid ideas because they think they're funny or they're cool Mm -hmm. or their own ideas or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And and then you wonder why nobody wants to go do them after the the session's over. You're like, that's because it was not an actionable decision anyway. Mm -hmm. So then you either have to backtrack and you have to undo, which then questions the integrity of what you just went through and what you put people through. And people are like, well, then why did I spend my time? Or you have to like entertain this idea that you're going to like, you know, take it to some level of fruition where you can then absolutely kill it, which then again, wastes people time because people are like, why am I working on this? So we're going to get into that in a little bit. But I think what you said, April, it lends back then to making your objectives a little bit more clear. So like what we said, like your objectives should never be like come to a consensus or choose or lock in. Like those are words that everybody likes to use because they want action. Instead, you can hedge these a little bit by saying things like provide two to three viable options, right? So you're providing a range or define two to three paths. So this helps you kind of get that idea, the ideas generated, but it doesn't commit that actual group to actually making the decisions. But this is also why you don't ever have to shut down any kind of respectful debate because you're generating ideas. You don't need to reach consensus, but then you can also shut down non-productive debate because there's never an intent to actually solve for anything in that session. Right. Right. So
1: that's how you kind of get around that. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts. Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com.